Welcome to Journeys to Wellness with Jane and Luke. We're here to support you on your own journey to wellness. In this podcast, we're going to talk about some important points from the work we do as we're realizing it's so important to share with the world and when we find people understand this work, it can support them so much in their own lives. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it amazes me the benefits when we get this message out more widely about what people can do to help themselves on their healing journey. Sometimes they can feel really alone that they're seeing vague messages, but I guess we want to get the message out with some more specific helping skills Mm. to support people. Mm. And what sort of work do you do? Mm. So I am a psychologist, a registered counselling psychologist, and I work mainly with trauma, a, a lot of work with trauma, but also other work as well with depression and anxiety and some life coaching as well. And I think with trauma, trauma's a, a interesting word, it's kind of a buzzword these days. And it's, I guess our job is going to be helping people see if they've had some trauma in their own lives and it might have been just a small trauma on the scale not a huge huge ongoing trauma but a smaller trauma maybe seeing something really horrific on the news that might not have even happened to us but that can still be traumatic and we can hold that memory trace in our bodies Yeah, and so could you talk a little bit more about like what really happens in our bodies when we experience something traumatic? Mm. And yeah, I'd love to. And because I think the big thing about trauma is that our bodies keep the score. And as many listeners know, there is a wonderful book written called The Body Keeps the Score by American... Uh, clinical psychiatrist and psychologist, I think he's a psychologist, Dr. Bessel van der Kolk, but he's certainly a psychiatrist. And he he's made it more mainstream, helped us understand that our bodies do keep the score. So for example, using the example, let's say, of seeing something horrific on the news that we have no personal connection, but we relate so strongly to it. It could be the death of someone, the death of a black person in the US, or the mosque attacks in New Zealand, that our bodies keep the score. So for example, many of us were horrified by that in in our minds, in our heads. We felt shock, we felt disgust, We felt responsibility to some degree. We felt horror. We felt powerlessness. And then what many people don't understand is when we feel those visceral feelings, it goes down into our body and it's often stored in our bodies. So it can be a tight stomach, uh, tight shoulders, tight jaw, tight neck, a tightness in the chest. And we can be potentially triggered when we hear it again and again and again 
And then other traumas can build on that, particularly in the time of coronavirus, so that we can be, our bodies can be constantly bathed in stress. Mm. So it's more than just what's going on in the mind, it's actually also going on in the body and maybe... A lot of people might not realize that, that there's pain or sensations that and maybe in some cases have been there for many years and it's just like you've gotten so used to it maybe that you wouldn't even think that that's something to even look at. Absolutely, absolutely. And it can be horrible for some people. It can be, particularly when we don't know what the link is or we don't know that when we turn the news on at one o'clock to get another briefing about what's going on with COVID that it could be linking us back to another trauma that we've had around the mosque attacks here Mm. in New Zealand and then we're getting that on the news at the moment as well and we might not link or some people may link they may go, wow, I've got that tightness in my tummy, I've got that tightness in my shoulders, I've got that fear, I've got that worry, I've got that anxiety. Mm -hmm. So some people may link it, but then what do they do with it? Yeah, yeah, and so I was wondering if you could say some good maybe strategies if you're feeling triggered and maybe that might be that you're feeling quite upset or even some, I know people experience panic attacks where they feel like they can't breathe. So what Mm. are some good strategies if you're feeling that kind of anxiety or feeling quite triggered? Mm. I think the first, one of the first things and me being a psychologist, I'm very, very evidence-based and, and what used to be, you might might go a woo-woo concept which is just notice what's happening. Mm. But actually, brain scans have shown once we start noticing what's happened, that opens up a whole world of possibilities. So when we notice, ah, this is anxiety. Ah, this is powerlessness. Dropping down, where am I feeling it in my body? Oh my goodness, I've got this stabbing feeling in my gut. Knowledge is power. So suddenly I'm thinking, ah, every time I listen to the news, I'm feeling upset, frightened, and I get this horrible feeling in my body. So then we start to have choices. We start to be able to think about, is it really healthy for me to watch the news 24-7 so that my body constantly bathes in the biochemistry of stress. Mm. And I know for me, it's not healthy. And when I start noticing that, to turn the TV off, that's the first step. Put the phone down, put the cell phone down, stop reading the news feed. It's very addictive, very compulsive. Mm. And when I'm, as I said before, knowledge is power, when I know that it's so bad for me, I have the power to make some really, really good choices for me. Mm. And so the first the first one is noticing how I'm breathing. 
and you've got a wonderful a wonderful couple of breathwork videos on YouTube, Luke, mm. which I would invite listeners to go and look at. Yeah. Because as we know, the breath is incredibly healing. And once we start start noticing how am I breathing when I'm looking at that news feed, I notice for myself anyway, I can I'm breathing in my chest, I'm almost hyperventilating at times, mm. thinking this is horrible, this is so stressful. And just placing the feet on the floor, grounding myself, opening my chest up a little bit, my sternum, so I'm making some space in my lungs instead of being hunched forward as we often are when we're looking on our laptops or our cell phones. I can open up my lungs and then I'm starting to breathe. I'm getting some air into my lungs. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not rocket science. Yeah. But knowledge is power. When we don't know this stuff, we don't do it. And we yeah. wonder why we're constantly having panic attacks or snapping at our loved ones or our workmates mm. or driving and feeling really angry or drive going to the supermarket and feeling really angry at people and this can be the reason one of the reasons why that we're not grounded and we're not breathing deeply mm. diaphragmatically yeah so that's breathing right into your like belly basically right absolutely absolutely mm. belly breathing yeah and as i'm talking to you i'm doing it because yeah. you know even i know this stuff and i work with it every day but i forget to do it yeah so it's even if you know it it's good just to be reminded wow it is so powerful to breathe yeah. and you can literally like change your body change the chemistry of your body and mm. like you're saying so for people it just begins with noticing to mm. begin with just noticing whatever you're feeling and then from that place you have the ability to do something about it mm. so whether that is like okay just stop turn my phone off turn the tv off or if i'm in a difficult mm. situation with someone maybe stopping walking away or just pausing and then maybe taking some deep breaths because we know that the breath is so powerful for helping with anxiety and stress and fear and like basically any difficult emotion that you're experiencing absolutely absolutely and it can really change things it can help us make some better choices because mm. also at the moment there are a lot of people who don't have a job at the moment their jobs are shut down and they've got a lot to be worried about even if they're not watching the news even if they're not um, watching their phone every five minutes they do and they they will have a nagging worry about oh my god is my business going to survive and that's traumatic mm. yeah and so then going from there from noticing that you can start to maybe shift your attention more from negative emotions which might be oh no i don't have a job what can i do i'm so stressed everything's going wrong to okay here i am right now uh what could i do positively so maybe oh i know i know that exercise really helps me so maybe i'll go for a walk or a run or do some yoga or maybe i'll sit down and do a meditation or some breathing or 
oh, maybe I'll call my friend who's really knowledgeable about this thing that I'm working on and just moving towards getting help and support and moving forward rather than just wallowing in that sensation of, oh, no, everything's going wrong. And Yeah, it, absolutely. And I think it gives us choices then when we ground ourselves and we stop. And like you say, even if it's sunny, getting out and going for a walk. And what I often say to my clients is, notice, just take a mental note before you go on the walk, whether you're feeling like crap, you're worried, you're feeling heavy, like the world, the weight of the world is on your shoulders. Notice, and you and you don't feel like going for a walk because you're feeling annoyed and and hopeless, desperate, notice that, put your shoes on, and if it's sunny, or even if it's rainy, just go for a walk, even if it's a five-minute walk. So that can be incredibly powerful, just getting out, getting out into the sunshine, getting out into nature for five minutes can be a game changer, noticing how you feel beforehand. And if you're only going for five minutes, try and walk as vigorously as you can, get the blood pumping, come back home. You might even do the five minutes and think, wow, I feel really good now. This is, this feels good. You might want to do more or you, you come back, notice how you feel afterwards. Mm. And often my clients say to me nine times out of 10, yeah, I did feel better. Yeah. It might have just been a little bit better, but they did feel better. And you can even measure it on a scale from 1 to 10. And it might be 10, really fantastic, 1, crap. And they might be, after the 5-minute walk, it might start just to be a 1 out of 10. Well, that was better than 0 out of 10 like I was before. Even just that can be a, a move forward to something positive. Mm. Yeah, so movement is something that's really good as well. Mm. And I know that's something that Peter Levine talks about. I was wondering if you could talk a bit more about that, like how that movement can help, mm. really help with trauma and help to maybe shift the mm. stuff that's in our bodies. Absolutely, absolutely, yes. So Dr. Peter Levine, a, a clinical psychologist in the US, and also Dr. Jim Gordon, who's a psychiatrist in the U US, who started the Center for Mind-Body Medicine, who goes into war zones or trauma zones all around the world and teaches people how to heal from trauma. And one of the biggest things he talks about is moving the body, like shaking and... Um, Dr. Gordon talks about putting on your favorite music and singing at the top of your lungs and shaking away, dancing away, and it can move the trauma in the body, move it, it's almost like it's teasing it out, and it's teasing it out of all the organs and and it again, noticing how I feel before I do it, and it might feel really stupid doing it yeah but don't worry about that because it's going to make you feel a whole lot better afterwards mm. Mm. yeah so almost just approaching it like an experiment even like oh, I, don't, I don't know I've heard this but I don't know if it's going to help me but 
okay, I feel like shit, I want to try something. And then trying it, noticing how you feel afterwards. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. Moving the body. And it, um, it, I heard that yoga with Adrian, she's another awesome lady that is, it does very easily accessible yoga on YouTube. And she talks about that type of movement. And she says, when we move like that and we twist our bodies in a safe and healthy way, it's like getting a dirty rag, dipping it in some beautiful, clean, ice-cold water, squeezing it out and cleaning the rag. Mm. And it's, that's like what we're doing to our internal body system. We're squeezing it out and getting rid of all that gunk. Mm. And it's all helping us to feel a lot better. Mm. And so that's really good if you're like experiencing the low-level trauma or anxiety or fear or even depression. And I was also wondering about maybe the maybe more severe trauma, like people who have maybe PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, or have had like quite difficult things happen to them. And if you could talk a bit about that and maybe how people can understand that sort of trauma and mm. maybe start to heal it. Yeah, yeah. So, so we can talk a little bit about that today. That severe trauma, again, a lot of that trauma is locked in the body as well. So those, the things we've been talking about already, just by doing some of those things, even when you don't feel like it, can be really, really useful. Mm. And, and also to know that when it's been a severe and ongoing trauma, the body can often feel really out of it and dissociated or triggered with things that are seemingly not very major so just to know that that's a real thing in in severe trauma people can feel sleepy or they can feel disconnected from their heads can feel disconnected from their bodies sometimes they can feel like they're outside their bodies looking in and so physical things to do can be incredibly powerful mm. And one of the one of the best or one of the most accessible tools that was developed by Dr. Marsha Linehan, who developed dialectical behavior therapy, was the tip skill. So that could be a really nice skill to tell people about today, to just help get get themselves in their bodies. And so Dialectical behavior means, dialectical means opposing opposites. So essentially it means I can feel strong, extreme emotions. I can feel really emotionally up and down and freaked out and I can deal with it. So just to know I can feel all these things and I can deal with it if I have some good tools. And the tip school skill that was developed by Dr. Linehan is a really cool skill which is tip is T for temperature and she talks about um, I think it's you putting some ice cubes in a bowl of water and plunging your face into a bowl of ice cold water people have to be a bit careful about that they should probably talk to their doctor first because I think blood pressure issues can be affected 
But essentially, what they found is the dipping of the face into the ice cold water is telling the mind that you're diving into this a beautiful lake, like an ice cold lake. And there's a sense that can come over the whole body of calmness. It can really center someone or calm them down when they're feeling really emotionally up and down. They call it emotionally labile, which is up and down and really overwhelmed. If, If plunging your face into a bowl of water is not your thing, or if it's not good, if, if your doctor says don't do it, even just grabbing an ice cube from the freezer and holding it in your hand and watching it melt and breathing and noticing mm. your breath just as you're doing it can be a powerful way to bring yourself to the present moment. Mm. The eye of the tip is intense exercise. So doing something like I suggested before, which is just getting out of the house and just doing even some fast walking just for a bit can be really powerful. Doing some star jumps, doing some some burpees, doing any sort of intense exercise can be a really, really good thing to do, provided again that your body's up to it. So being mm. really sensible about this, not hurting your body, And I'm really, really careful about that with my clients. I make sure that their doctor has given them permission to do these exercises. If they're carrying too much excess weight, for example, I just recommend less intense exercise. Mm. But you can still get out into nature and and walk, you know, reasonably fast. Yeah. And then the P is paced breathing. So... It can be learning, they could learn from your YouTube clip about that beautiful Ujjayi breathing that you talk about on your YouTube clip. Or it can just be doing something, breathing in for two breaths, breathing out for three breaths. Breathing in for two breaths, breathing out for three breaths. And when the out-breath is longer than the in-breath, mm. it can just help access calm and activate the positive benefits of the vagus nerve, which we can talk about in another podcast. But that can be an incredibly powerful tool to really down-regulate, to calm the system down. Mm. So focusing on extending out the exhale, like taking a deep breath in and then an even longer exhale out. And... doing it through an open mouth. So they call it pursed lip breathing. So breathing in with a closed mouth if it's comfortable. Breathing out with... Can be incredibly therapeutic. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, so almost making like a a soothing sort of sound. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Very soothing. And the other P, just just so there's another P in the tip if you're interested... And it's paired muscle relaxation. Yeah. So while breathing into your belly deeply tense your body muscles, not so much as to cause a cramp, of course. Notice the tension in your body while breathing out, say the word relax in your mind and Mm. then let go of the tension and just to notice the difference in your body. Mm. So these are immediate tools that you can use that 
people can use if they're in the midst of a deeply traumatic experience. Yeah. Yeah, and I guess the thing that I always remember as well is like it is a practice and that you do this and you might feel better and then you might feel worse again and also noticing that and knowing that that's an okay part of it as well and that it does take time it takes it doesn't necessarily need to take a long time but to actually rewire your brain and as you notice the thoughts as we're saying it's actually that awareness is helping to rewire your brain in a more positive and more aware way that you can make better choices but it does take time and it doesn't just take one maybe one cold shower or one putting cold water on your face or one walk around the block or one exercise one breathwork session Mm. but they're all really great Mm. tools to support you on Mm. that journey of healing of like becoming more aware and moving towards like living a better life where you feel satisfied and healthy and connected and happy absolutely luke and i i think that's so important to know that we don't get better if we just do it once and if we say i tried it and it didn't work don't give up, don't be despondent, try something else that works for you, because one size does not fit all, Mm. find what works for you, and keep doing more of that, and also something else I often say to my clients, and I know from personal experience, what works one day might not work the next day, because you're in a different mood, your hormonal balance is different, or whatever, and... It's about having a whole lot of tools in your toolkit and practicing something regularly every day. As you say, doing it regularly, even if it's just for a couple of days going for that five-minute walk, Mm. it's just something. And as uh, clinical psychologist Tara Brack, she talks about it's like the, the analogy of dyeing the indigo cloth and how in the olden days she says that they used to make indigo cloth like denim, I guess. They'd start with a very white cloth. They dip it into the vat of indigo dye. That It has to stay in there for ages and ages and ages. They wring it out, put it in the sun to dry, and it dries to the faintest shade of blue. Mm-hmm. And then they do it day in, day out, regularly, in a committed fashion until it's a beautiful indigo color. And it's the same with this work. We, the first time we do it, we might only have the faintest of benefit, but it's something. Yeah. And if we keep doing it, we're going to develop a really, really healthy way of living. Mm. It really is possible. Beautiful. And a final thing that we could mention as well, and I know Tara Brock talks about this quite a lot, is self-compassion. And I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about that and how that can also help us on this journey. Mm. Yeah, self-compassion, being kinder to ourselves can be quite a quite hard concept for some people because they they say to me my clients will say to me isn't self-compassion just letting myself off the hook for doing something horrible to someone 
And that is not what self-compassion is. Self-compassion is still owning what you've done. We still have to own what we've done. But it's about being kinder to ourselves and allowing ourselves to learn from our mistakes. Because we're imperfect beings. We're not perfect. And we're, we're all trying our best. And so it, it is about... It is about if we've done something, let's say, smashed the car tire into the curb again, we can, instead of beating ourselves up, we can go, wow, wow, that was hard, that was hard. I feel so bad about that, but I can, I can be kinder to myself and go, actually, you just had some bad news, let's say, um, let's say I heard that one of my parents was very ill and I wasn't concentrating properly and in fact anyone in this position or most people would feel really upset and maybe they might smash the car tire into the curb as well and to go I'll take better care next time I will make an effort next time but this is really hard and it's not the end of the world. I will get through this. Mm. I can be kinder to myself. Yeah, so sort of more like forgiving our humanity really and forgiving the fact that we do make mistakes and that that's part of learning and part of growing and that sometimes being on like a, a path, whether it's a path to wellness or of learning or of growth, sometimes feeling like you're not on it or you've done it wrong or you're going backwards can actually be an important part of moving forward as you realize and learn whatever it is and I know that's something that's helped me so much personally it's just like you have these things that come up like whatever it is oh, I feel bad today I'm not doing good enough and it's like anyone would feel like that and that's okay and it's not like you say if people say oh I'm just gonna use this as an excuse to slack off or anything and it's not like that it's just forgiving okay and still trying to do your best and still like continuing forward and knowing that you don't have to be perfect because what does that look like anyway exactly exactly yeah just being just being good enough and understanding that we all can benefit from being kinder to ourselves and judging ourselves less, less harshly. And when I started being more self-compassionate to myself, that allowed me to be less judgmental to others, to stand in others' shoes and be kinder to others. Yeah. So it's a win-win. Beautiful. So I guess the main kind of things we've talked about is if you're feeling triggered, if you're feeling anxious, if you're feeling any difficult emotion, the first step is to just notice it. And as you're noticing it, like you said, knowledge is power. And once we notice it, we can start to make better choices, whether that's turning off the TV, whether that's taking a deep breath or whatever and then the next step is we have our tools to do something about it so you talked about going for a walk doing some exercise that we know that's really powerful for feeling 
better and maybe you don't feel much better it might just be like you said from a zero to a one like oh, i still feel terrible but i don't feel as terrible so almost like following that thing of oh yeah this does feel good and well i actually know it's good for me as well so that that helps me to do this or maybe putting your face in cold water having a cold shower or if that's not for you putting your hand in cold water or having an ice cube and then yeah and also other movement like shaking dancing all of these things are really powerful doing yoga yeah absolutely and just and remembering that that fundamental breathing can be really powerful yeah and also just just one comment on the breathing for some people breathing is not the first way in because that their trauma is related to breathing in some mm-hmm. way and and so for people that find the breathing just focusing on their breathing traumatic it can be really helpful for them to focus on instead just noticing things they can see or noticing things they can hear mm-hmm. or focusing on their hands and feet because our hands and feet can be very calm and can help us feel calm yeah awesome so i think that's good for today so i hope that if you're listening that you've maybe taken something away taken something away from this maybe learned something or even just been reminded of something that you already knew and to be reminded oh yeah this is actually really important to do and this can really help me. Mm, absolutely. Awesome. Thanks for listening and stay tuned for the next episode. Yeah.